Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios here at Grace FM. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. I'm sitting in for Josh today as he has some time of rest, well-needed and well-deserved. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call and be a part of the program. That's what makes the program a wonderful, unpredictable, spirit-led uh, hour live on the radio because we don't know who's going to call. We don't know who's going to obey the Spirit. We don't know what the question's going to be or what direction we're going to take. And we just want you to be a part of it. I know a lot of you are a part of it by listening. So thank you. Be in prayer as you're listening. Or you can text me. Uh, this is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week text line, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And you can use that for prayer requests at any time. Or, excuse me, during the show, uh, you can text a prayer request or a question uh, and if we're trying to fill time, which occasionally we need to, uh, like at the beginning of the show right now, I'll use some texts uh, to talk through and ask the question for you. But the preferred way is to call me. A lot of the times, the questions that come through text actually require a conversation too. So remember that because I'll respond and go, hey, this is really good for you to call because a text or sometimes I'll get emails and I'm like, you know, Email, text is not the right forum to really answer this question. So call me, 303-690-3000. Welcome, everyone, on the Grace FM radio network covering Denver metro area, Cheyenne, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, Colorado Springs, down in to some parts of Pueblo. Uh, we've got uh, Monument, all, all that area. 80, 80% of Colorado's population has covered by a signal of Grace FM. I want to welcome you. Uh, Live. I also want to uh, welcome you live on the Radio by Grace Network in over 78 stations, 20-plus states. You're listening live. And then we want to welcome everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, and Living Water Radio listening to this as a one-week delay. Uh, so the significance of that is that you can call the show while it's on the air, You'll talk to the live host, and they'll answer your question just like you're on the phone. That's what it sounds like. And then you can tune into your radio station uh, next week, same time, and hear yourself on the radio. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. If you're familiar with the program as well, you know that uh, in it can the phone lines can get um, <clears throat> full 
but they're open at the beginning. So I'm looking at the phone lines. They're still open lines. Uh, not all the lights are flashing. So grab the line while you can. 303-690-3000. Here's a text question we're going to start with uh, as the phone lines are filling up. Uh, hey, Pastor Ed, I had a question about Psalm 82. Someone tried to use it to say there's proof that even the Bible teaches that there are more than one God, and there wasn't even uh, that wasn't ever my understanding about that psalm. So I wanted you to know uh, your thoughts, and so I looked it up. It's a Psalm of Asaph. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? And the in the English language we are given the advantage of having uh, capitalization. And this, um, this particular text has gods as <clears throat> lowercase, but actually in the Hebrew language, it's the word Elohim, and it can be translated mighty ones or gods, and the thing you'll want to remember about any Bible study is first we look up the word and what it means. If you don't know, some people do know the original language and can do it right away and read the text. Like like my friend Gino Geraci, he can read the text in the Greek. I'm not sure if he knows the Hebrew, but he can read from a Greek New Testament. Uh, but here, I just, I can't. I'm not, I, I haven't studied languages uh, and to the depth and degree of that, but I do have a program that helps me with that. Uh, and once we look up the definition, remember the next step is context. So Elohim certainly can be used in the plural version. Im in the Hebrew is plural at the ending there. Could be used uh, to describe God in his triune plurality, but it's not so here in Psalm 82. Psalm 82, it's a reference to judges, that God judges among the judges. Uh, it's translated gods for us here in the New King James, but the word um, is really um, better translated judges, um, you know, the, the heavenly court, not a reference to false gods. Neither is it in any way a reference to other gods in the same category as God. So if your friend was talking to me and saying, well, look, here, the Bible teaches that God, there are many gods, I actually would not disagree with him. There are many gods, uh, many idolatrous gods, many gods, little g, that behind idols and false, and, but we have to clarify that, that there are many false gods that are demonically uh, inspired. Uh, but Psalm 82 is actually not one of the passages uh, that you can use. The words Elohim there, it's better to be translated or understood as judges. Uh, the, the psalmist is looking at God judging over a gathering of human judges, uh, probably human judges that lived in Israel at the time, representing God's judicial uh, representatives among his people. And Israel's judges, the psalmist is writing, were perverting justice, and God was calling them to practice righteous judgment in Psalm 82. And in that proclamation, he is being declared in Psalm 82 as the God above all, in this case, human judges. 
But thanks for texting in and just a little bit of reading and context would correct your friend. Uh, and you're right. You never have uh, seen Psalm 82 that way before because you've never been taught falsely like your friend has. 303-690-3000. Let's come uh, to Colorado with our first call of the day. Ralph and Greeley, uh, welcome to the program. Well, hello there. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. So I had a question, um, you know, about when when God asks us to, or actually commands us to be strong and courageous. Yes. You know, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Yes. Um, you know, as I was kind of going through some of these verses and I'm learning about these, you know, Joshua and First Corinthians, you know, um, mentions us also, like in sixteen thirteen. See, is God at, uh, telling us this in a way in our daily lives? So you're fading in and out. Are you away from your phone or anything? Oh no. Okay, try again. Go ahead and go with your question again, because I can hear you now. Okay. Yes. So is God, I was asking you basically, how, what, what is God exactly trying to tell us to be strong and courageous with? Well, in the case, if you're referring to Joshua, are you referring to the passage in Joshua, Joshua 1? Yeah, that too, but 1 Corinthians tells us the same thing. Okay, can you tell me the 1 Corinthians reference again? Yeah, sixteen thirteen. Okay. So be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be okay. courageous, yeah. be strong. Got it. Yeah, those exhortations at the end of chapter sixteen. I also think of the same phrase being used in Ephesians chapter six: stand fast, stand strong, put on the spiritual armor. I really believe you picked out the proper explanation verse to your question in First Corinthians sixteen, which I'll take you back to Joshua. Right when you. You're thinking of Joshua going into battle. The basic premise of God coming to Joshua, exhorting him to be strong, was to be strong in his faith, which is what 1 Corinthians really, the trust. God's exhorting Joshua. He's exhorting the church in Corinth. He's exhorting and encouraging you and me that we stand fast in the faith. You know, and the picture, there's a word picture there with standing fast the idea of being immovable, the idea of, of not running away. Uh, I think of Jesus again in John 15, uh, encouraging us to abide, which that word means don't move. It's the Greek word meno, don't you move. Uh, stay close to Jesus, stay firm. You know, all those word pictures, um, the the word here in First Corinthians, the Greek word is steko, and it means to stand. It means to stand firm, like you have a duty to do that. It also has the idea of perseverance, uh, endurance. You know, every it's almost like being in a storm. You know, you you know how those they send all the weather people out to 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 give us a report in the middle of the storm, uh, and so you're watching the news and you're laughing at it, like stand fast, and the wind is beating down on them, and and debris is all over them. And what they, if they're going to finish what they're called to do and giving us the news, they need to stand fast. And I think that is the, the face of in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trial, when you have a, a temptation to worry and, and you're going to battle. Or uh, I mean, it could be applied so many different ways, but the idea is to, 
be immovable and stand. I, I, I was reminded of that uh, just right now as I was thinking of that word, uh, immovable. I think it's 1 Corinthians 15. He just said uh, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. He just gave a similar thing. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay. Boy, great explanation. I appreciate you kind of outlining that for me. Yeah, you picked the, you got the right verse. That First Corinthians 16 was the key because I, as I was formulating, thinking it through on Joshua uh, I was thinking it's faith, you know, trust me. You're going to battle, but trust me. Uh, you're taking over from Moses, trust me. You experience great defeat in AI, trust me. That That's the idea of standing fast, but then you nailed it because in 1 Corinthians 16, that new covenant explanation, right, is stand fast in the faith. That That's the key, trust me. It's almost like God's always telling us one way or another, you can trust me. I want you to trust me. Don't stop trusting me. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Okay. Have a great Father's Day, Pastor. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye bye. Yeah, I was thinking of Father Day. Father's Day. It's coming up. I'm looking through the window at a new father. Uh, we haven't met the baby yet, but he's a new father with his precious wife carrying a child, and it's going to be an exciting time. He's not going to be able to win the newest father because we technically require the baby to be out of the womb for that. But that's the way it goes. We're not changing the rules. Um, but at the same time, I recognize Father's Day is going to is a very bittersweet day. I was talking to someone recently who was sharing with me that, and and I didn't know this. I've known him for many many years, uh, but he told me Father's Day is the hardest day of the year for him, uh, for a variety of different reasons, personal reasons. Uh, and Father's Day is bittersweet for me. You know, my son went home to be with the Lord ten years ago. Uh, I have other children. Uh, so there's the sweetness of that, um, but it, the, there's a bitterness to it, if you will, with my son uh, being in heaven and, and not having enjoyed him for 10 years or enjoying his son uh, for 10 years. So Grandfather's Day is kind of a bummer day, too, in this stage of my life. Um, but uh, I, I choose to dwell in the sweetness, and it is a choice. I choose not to dwell on what I don't have. Um, but rather to choose to dwell on what I do have and what I have had the experience because there was a few months after my grandson was born that we did get to be with him, that we were very welcome in his life. Uh, And, you know, I had all those years, 27 years uh, with my son, even though the first few years I wasn't walking with the Lord. So I just want to acknowledge, just like me, as this brother, I wasn't thinking of it until this brother um, wish me a happy Father's Day, that I know many of you listening in, it's bittersweet, and that's okay. And with our beloved brother Avant um, uh, dying so suddenly last week, that uh, one of the prevailing testimonies that I've been receiving about Avant, I just got another one this morning from another brother in the church, is that Avant was like a father to me. Avant was like a grandfather to me. Avant was like a father. And so many people not only lost their pastor, but God put Avan in their lives to be like a human father to them. And so I'm sorry that Father's Day is hard for you too. The Lord is going to get you through it. And you, you know, it's one of those things where we just, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we grieve with those who grieve, okay? All right, let's head over to Maryland now. Oh, I hit the wrong button, so we're going to stay in Colorado. We'll get to Maryland shortly. Chris in Longmont, welcome to the program. 
Chris, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Welcome to the program. Hello. You're on the air. Oh, yeah. I just um, was um, calling because the phone. I've been having a lot of family problems and people are stealing from me. Oh, no. And family not understanding um, some of my disabilities and keeps oh. putting me down. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's hard. It is. Can I pray? And then my dad died not that long ago, and um, this oh. is going to be the first Father's Day without him. Oh, that's going to be a hard Father's Day. Um but the Lord's going to get you through it. He's going to encourage you. Yeah, there was a whole series of loss in my life that started with my dad passing away. Uh, and that was many years ago. Uh, but it was a hard loss, you know, that he was a real special man in my life. Tell us a little bit about your dad. What's his name? Um, he went by Bob, but his name was Robert. Robert, okay. And he, what, what's yeah, a great he's memory? He a firefighter oh, wow. um, for... I think 20 years. Okay. Um, in Baltimore, Maryland, I, um, for the Taxi 17 Fire Company. Okay. And what's a... He loved doing that. What's a memory that you have? What's a, what's a fun or happy memory you have of, of Robert, of Bob? Being able to go to work with him and riding in the fire trucks. And <laughs> sometimes being able to go to weird accidents because I was already in the fire truck. Yes. <laughs> the one major one I remember was um, the one time his boss was like, you're coming with us? You don't see nothing? You don't know nothing. <laughs> and we won't give that boss's name publicly. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yes, uh, yes. And, and did, you ever, did he ever let you... Uh, turn on the lights or the siren or anything? Um, yes, a couple of times. Not to go to the fire, uh, but like when we were in the station, we did that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I did get to use a hose once on Ooh, a fire. It's pretty It's yeah, it's was, pretty powerful, isn't it? Like it's... That it's, thing is heavy. Yes. I don't know how anybody does it. Yes. Well, I'm sorry it's going to be a hard Father's Day for you, but I know the Lord will be with you. Yeah, it's hard because um, I... Year ago, my grandmom died. Mm. Two years ago, my grandfather died, and then this year, my dad died. All back to back in June, like yeah. You know, we um, I don't know if you've been listening this week, but here at our church in Aurora, one of our mm-hmm. pastors died suddenly, like so fast from. Oh my! Yeah, I've been listening, but I don't get to listen every night. From Saturday night, um, he went into the hospital, and then he didn't he didn't come out that night. He died Sunday morning, and. He'd been a part of our church for 20-plus years. He was very well-loved and beloved. And and so our whole church is kind of feeling like you're feeling right now. We just are shocked, and, you know, it's our first Father's Day without him. And and so last week, if you have access to our app, our church app here, or you have access to, you know, the Internet, I taught a Bible study on on death um, in case God would have to encourage you um, just to remember that all those that have died in Christ before us will be reunited with them. We all have the hope of the resurrection. And that, so it was kind of encouraging, even though it was sad. And then this week, if you want to listen live, you can listen live on the radio that you're listening to right now or online. Uh, I'm going to do a very special Bible study this weekend about what do we do when we're overwhelmed. And, you know, that's probably some of the feelings you're going to have and on top of 
things being ripped off from you and people making fun of you and, and your dad and your grandparents. It can be overwhelming, and I want to talk about that from the Bible this week. So if you need that kind of encouragement, tune in, um, and I'd love to encourage you in the Lord. Are you still there? Yes, are you there? Yeah, can I pray for you now? Yes, please, thank you. Lord, I do pray for Chris. Uh, Today I ask for your Holy Spirit to comfort her and encourage her, protect her from these folks that are stealing from her, protect her, God, from those that are making fun of her. God, we, on the authority of your word, receive your comfort and your strength. We're reminded of your faithfulness, God. And I pray for my sister as she wrestles with the reality of her life right now, that you would establish and strengthen her, and she would remember your past faithfulness because your past faithfulness reminds us that you will presently be faithful, and you'll also be faithful in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Stay in touch with us, okay? Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Now let's head over to Maryland. Laura, welcome to the program. Hi. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I do have a prayer request, and I know people have different thoughts about this. Since okay. It's not in Scripture, but um, I figure it is in Scripture that Jesus has a horse. Huh. So I kind of believe that our little furry friends are in heaven as well. Okay. And my little, my little one, I have a little dachshund. She's um, 18 plus years old and she's getting ready to go home. And she's been such a good friend and companion. Sorry. Yes. Mm. Um, <sighs> uh, so I don't have kids. So she's kind of like mine. And, um, she was so good with my mom. Oh. had Alzheimer's. She kind of carried her around like a little football. <laughs> she was, she was so good about it, you know. Yes. And she was protective over her, and I just, um, she's such a good little girl. And my prayer, and I was crying out to the Holy Spirit last night. Yes, my prayer is that just the good Lord will take her while she's sleeping. Just mm. let her wake up in heaven, you know. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good prayer to have. That she has a painless death. Um, and you know, you're not the yeah. only one. It's a debatable topic about pets and animals in heaven, and and uh, we could talk a lot about about that. But there are many people that agree with you, even some the, some theologians that I know that make a strong case um, that that pets can translate. There's really nothing preventing them. It could be a very gracious thing for God to do on our behalf. Yeah, he's compassionate uh, and yeah. loving. Yeah. So let me pray for you, and I'll agree with you in your prayer that. Uh, your beloved dog would die painlessly in his sleep, or her. What's Thank the you. What's the dog? Is it a girl? It's a girl. Her name is Gabrielle, Gabby for short. Okay. Father, I pray for Laura right now first as this sickness of her dog uh, is, of little Gabby, is really um, hurting her and and having to think through all the, the ways it, this, this little pup has been a blessing to her, blessing to her mom. A, a strong, reliable, faithful companion. And so, God, I pray comfort into Laura's life as she sees the final days ahead for this little pup. And we do agree with this 18-year-old dog um, that 
let it be a painless, um, let it be painless transition. And God, we aren't um, entirely sure uh, what how you deal with animals. Uh, we know they're different. We know they're in a different class, and we recognize what we do know. Um, but Lord, we lean on your graciousness and your compassion and your mercy. And and should it be that there is some afterlife for animals, let it be joyful and, and let it be wonderful. Um, if not, Lord, we're satisfied with that. We have you. Um, and even in eternity, we won't be uh, weeping over our losses, Lord. We'll be rejoicing of worshiping in your presence. And so give my sister the desires of her heart that you might give her peace as the loss of her dog is coming very, very quickly. And give her a peace, God, that this beloved pup, uh, Gabby, would die without pain and in her sleep. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. And and Laura, I was thinking if you, I, I, I want to say it is uh, Randy Alcorn in his book, Heaven, actually makes the case or makes a case for for the possibility of animals being in the New Jerusalem, so and our animals. Um, and so it might bring some comfort to you. He makes a case for it. Uh, and um, either way, we just know when we're worshiping Jesus, he yes. will be the center focus, and yes. God yes. will comfort you. So thanks for calling. Thank you so much. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Uh, we do know there are animals in heaven. Um, Gab, uh, Laura mentioned that. There are horses. I don't believe though those are metaphorical horses, even as much as those who Jesus who rides on horses is metaphorical. And, um, and so it's interesting, um, even though animals are a different class, like uh, we know for sure that uh, animals... Uh, Jesus Christ did not die for the salvation of animals. That's crystal clear, uh, that they're a different class of creation, uh, so God will deal with them differently. But angels, nonetheless, Jesus Christ didn't die for angels' salvation either. They're a different class of creation. Um, Jesus didn't die to redeem trees. They're a different class of creation. So in along those lines, um, the, but certainly... Um, as Laura describes her beloved companion for 18 years, it's a very um, big loss, as I know many of you listening in uh, can experience that as well. 303-690-3000. Here, uh, my producer just sent me the What About Animals and Pets in Heaven uh, from the Randy Alcorn's website. Uh, if you want that, <clears throat> if you want that uh, article, email me. I'll, I'll, or text me. You could text this if I sending one link works on this. So you can text the line here and say, give me that article about animals in heaven. And, and I'll just copy and paste the link for you uh, instead of reading it off. Uh, and, and also my producer reminded me that he's been thinking a lot about heaven this week um, because of Avant's death. And, and you know, where you're, where Jesus talked about when it came to money, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But by way of application, you could use that in anything. That our beloved one, our beloved are in heaven, and our hearts are going to follow them. So we're going to think a lot about heaven. We're going to long about, a lot about heaven. 
We're going to read a lot about heaven. Things about heaven in the Bible are going to jump out. Why? Because your treasure's there. My mom's there. My dad's there. My son's there. On and on the list goes. Well, we're coming up on the break. At the first, when we come back on the next uh, half of the program, I'm going to let you know about the memorial service. We settled that uh, yesterday for our beloved Pastor Avant. And then all lines are open. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. I'm sitting in for Josh today. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program, 303-690-3000. is the number. My name is Ed Taylor. I am sitting in for my brother Josh today. It's his regular day, but he is away getting some rest. The Lord bless him and encourage him and strengthen him and his family as he rests and enjoys some time away. Give me a call. Lines are open, 303-690-3000. We sent out an email today uh, to our church family and anyone that is on that list, letting you know that we've set the Memorial service for Pastor Avent. It's going to be Friday, June 30th. Friday, June 30th. So that's the end of the month, the last Friday of the month, at 11 a.m. here at Calvary Church. And if you were touched in any way by Pastor Avent, uh, I'd encourage you to be here, uh, support the family, and celebrate the life of Avent. Uh, it will be um, a wonderful time. If you're out somewhere else, can't be here physically, it will be live streamed as well. You can watch the live stream of the memorial service uh, Friday at 11 a.m. June 30th. June 30th. Sign up to our emails, get our app, turn on notifications, and we'll give you more information along the way uh, to stay in touch with us. Um, But Avance Memorial, for those of you uh, listening and are interested <clears throat> will be Friday, June 30th at 11 a.m. right here at Calvary Church in Aurora. More information on our locations on our website, calvaryco.church. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions Back to Colorado, Greg in Denver. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, just uh, having a real struggle. With, um, actually, uh, have, having a, a broken heart over this, especially okay. with Father's Day coming up. And uh, yeah. just having a real difficult time with my older son. He's uh, been asking me for money, and he went through a divorce, and mm. he can't seem to hold a job, and he's got one excuse after the other, and I've helped him out, bought him, I don't know how many cars, so I've lost count almost, but the last one was a good one, and, and he just n- never stops, and he just 
he just disrespects me. He yells at me, and he knows about the Lord. And I told him that's the way I'm walking, and I told him that he's going down the wrong path. And so, anyway, he did it again and called me up and told me that he uh, lost his wallet and his phone, and he just didn't. And I just said, I've had it with you. I'm not going to help you out no matter what what your circumstances, you know. I, I, I just can't do it anymore. And I've been praying, been praying for him and praying for wisdom about, you know, how I should talk to him and, and how I should deal with this matter with him. It's been going on for almost five years, and I'm, mm. just, I'm, I'm, I'm just up to my, I'm just saying, oh, Lord, okay, well, you know. And, I, and I, he called and called and called me, like, you know, 20 times in one day and I, from not different phones, and, and uh, I just won't answer because I know where it's coming from. All right, let's pr- let's pray. Let's pray, okay. Father. I pray for you, for my brother as he deals with a very difficult situation with his son, and I know that he's torn. He loves him, cares for him, wants to serve him. Needs wisdom, Lord, in these decisions he's making. Even as he has made a decision, now he needs more wisdom, not less, on how to love without enabling sin how to provide support without supporting sin. It's just so many, so many different layers that really only um, <clears throat> only you, God, only you have wisdom on how to help that. Um, Lord, I think that you are faithful. And I use that word think. I really more than think I believe. And I've lived out your faithfulness. And I pray that into my brother's life as he deals with his son, Your word says if we lack wisdom, that we could come to you and ask, and you give to all who ask liberally without reproach. Give that to my brother Greg and be with his boy, God. Whatever needs he has to get his life right with you, get on his feet, become productive, a productive member of society, God. Who knows what barriers he's facing, what consequences of sin he's dealing with, but we pray that you would provide a way out where there seems to be no way out. Uh, That would be bring, bring his son to a deep relationship with you, which would solve and be the right. I think the the beautiful answer to this prayer. And we pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. pastor. Okay, brother. I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Another brother is going to have a very difficult, um, a very difficult father's day as uh, many are. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, uh, We're going to stay here in Colorado. We got a brother calling uh, who wants to share. Welcome to the program. Uh, hey, you're on the so, air. Uh, the reason for my calling is I just need to seek prayer for my my mom, my dad, and my brother. Yes. Uh, recently, my parents just divorced. Oh, um, I'm 35 years old, so okay. I feel like I'm 16 again. Uh, trying to comfort my family, um, but my own family. I have an 18-year-old and a 12-year-old that recently just graduated high school, uh-huh. and they can see that I'm a little bit torn about how the whole my whole life I thought my parents were going to be staying together, yes. and just something just kind of out of the blue. My brother's been dealing with addiction for the last five years. I've I've seen it for three years, but not for five, like my parents has, and they've been enabling, 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 and now that they cut off strings, um, they've cut off strings in, amongst each other. Mm. So now I am going from my own home to my dad's home to my mom's home, 
trying to comfort everyone else but myself. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get where I could get prayer and a church and some some type of help without feeling like I'm all alone because I'm, I make other people happy besides myself. Yeah. You know, God's God's made you that way. It sounds like you have a sensitive heart. You have a very caring heart. You're the one that God's made responsible. Uh, you have that responsibility uh, in you and about you, and and you can embrace that. You know, I know it's hard to. I know it's hard. I'm not minimizing that, but part of what will help you get through it is remembering that this is how God made you, and this is how He uses you. Uh, and and then you want to learn some of the practicality of how to heal. You know, one of the things that happens after a divorce is that you grieve. There's grieving going on just as much as you would grieve the death, a real physical death of someone. You're grieving the death of your parents' marriage, um, all the hopes you had, all the um, encouragement. It took you back to a time, as you described it, it took you back to a time when you're feeling like a kid. But as a kid, you're trying to keep everything together and and because you were responsible when you were 16 and now here you are, 35, feeling like that helpless kid again that just wants everybody to get along um, and know that that part of the grieving process is all the emotions that you're feeling right now. Um, another thing before I pray with you that I'm thinking of is <clears throat> as as you have all this hitting you all at once, I want you to remember that God has given you a divine order on how you're to serve your family. And are you married? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. I've been married for the last 12 <clears throat> years. I've uh, been together for 20 years. Beautiful. So your oh. your responsibility is to your wife. Yes. Your primary responsibility. If you were in my office, I'd take out a piece of paper and I'd draw a circle there. And I would sh- tell you, who do you think belongs in this little circle there? and talking about your marriage, and you'd probably respond, well, me and my wife, and I'd say, yes, it's you, your wife, and Jesus. Remember, the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken, Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's the first responsibility. Then I draw another circle around that, and I'd say, who's in that circle? And then you go, well, my my kids. And I'm like, you're right. It's your next closest uh, relative, and that's your kids. Then I draw another circle, and I'd say, "Who do you think's in that circle?" And you go, "Well, my parents and my in-laws." And I'd say, "You're right. That's where they are now. They're not where you were when you were 16. You ha- you are different now. You-, you don't have to take this responsibility on like you were 16, even though that's how you feel. Uh, yeah. and, I- and I get it. I-, I I can appreciate your feelings." But the primary responsibility, the primary effort, the primary in, 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 um, energy is to love your wife as Christ loved the church, to guard and protect your kids, and then together, your family unit, uh, those of you, those that are walking with the Lord, your family unit can be a great support to you and to either one of your parents, whichever one is open to receiving that. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's going to be solved in a five minute phone conversation, but I'm just planning things into your heart to say, you know, you might look at it and go, you know, I just want to be with my wife tonight. Well, that's not a selfish thing. That's not selfish. Uh, you, you pour yourself into your wife, but then I feel guilty. I'm not thinking of my parents. No, there's a time to think of your parents, but it's after your wife. Um, it's after your kids. And 
I know you know this, but you want to hear it out loud. You can't solve your parents' problems. They're making their own adult decisions. Um, Even as I was talking to a parent today uh, that has some difficulties uh, with one of their kids, I, I, I just needed to remind them. Their, their adult child is making their own adult decisions. They're responsible for them. We are not. And I know you know all this, but it's good to hear it out loud again. Yeah, and especially from somebody that's not, uh, that doesn't know me. And that's, I'm very grateful to listen to your show every, <clears throat> every morning and every day after work. Some days I even um, I YouTube some things, just some scriptures. because mm, That's good. I feel like I need to. I need something outside of my family circle just telling me. So thank you. You're welcome. I, I you're. I don't want you to lose that responsible part of you. I don't think you ever will. However, your parents. You just need to be praying for them, loving them. Uh, their their marriage didn't work out. It's not your fault in any way whatsoever. It's not your fault. It's not your fault as a kid. It's not your fault now as an adult kid. This is their decision. Uh, of course, we don't want it to happen. Of course, we would want our parents uh, to be married forever. Um, and you don't have to choose sides. You don't have to play favorites. You don't have to, and I don't know if this is happening, but it could be for other people listening. You don't have to play their games if they try to play you against one another, or you don't have to listen to their complaints. As a matter of fact, don't let them complain about each other. Don't let them talk about it. Don't just love them individually now. And, yeah. um, and like, like today, I mean, Sunday is Father's Day, and it's my mom's birthday. Okay. So I'm trying to get both of them together, and they don't want it. And then so I'm trying to use my time to and divide my time for both of them. But then I'm forgetting about myself. So that's where I'm kind of like trying to seek help on well, what and, I can do. And you're telling me, which is which is good, is I don't have to define size, and I don't have to... Uh, Uh, share, uh, keep one love for one person. So I appreciate it. I think it's super important for you to realize this too. And that is you, your approach, like this birthday, this birthday, you would, you want them to be together, but your approach should just simply be a request. And if the request is no, that's it. They don't want, you, you don't want to press something. I mean, these are full grown adults, you know, these are, you grew up with them, you know them. These are full-grown adults. If they don't want to be together, then they don't want to be together. You can't force them to be. It, it, you'll be wasting your time trying to persuade them to be together. Let it go. There might be an event down the road where they need to be together, and we certainly would want to. We would want them, but right now they don't want to be together, or one of them doesn't want to be together. You know, however that is, and that's okay. I mean, it's not okay. It hurts. I'm not approving of their divorce, but. You can just accept it and say, okay, they don't want to be together. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to learn how to live with this new arrangement in my family. Well, Father, I pray for my brother um, in a new, very new season of his life. Very challenging, very hard. But you give wisdom and you give understanding even as he has, feels a responsibility for his parents, he feels a responsibility for his brother, he feels a responsibility for his family. He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he can also cast his cares upon you because you care for him. And as he casts his cares upon you, he can walk in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, trusting you. And so God, help him 
bless him and encourage him as he enjoys his family tonight. Protect his marriage. Let it be flourishing. Let let it be an example to his children. And we are grateful that his, he got his boy, his first boy through high school. And may he continue to thrive in this upside-down world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Right. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're going to head over to Baltimore, Maryland. Yvette, welcome to the program. Hey, Yvette, you're on the air. All right. I think we lost Yvette. That's okay. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Uh, take advantage of the open lines while they are. Let's see. We have a prayer request uh, for a wife that's about ready to deliver their second child. There's any gift on Father's Day I would want. It was a healthy delivery. Don't you know it? Father, I pray for this um, wonderful woman who's ready to give birth to the second child. And a dad that says, oh, what a gift. A healthy child would be a healthy delivery for both mom and baby on Father's Day. So we pray, God, according to your will, that this would be a easy, well, I mean, it's not even the right word, just a, a successful delivery. And I guess it could be easier than harder. And I pray that into this delivery so that there would be minimal pain uh, in this delivery of the baby in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to come back here locally to Aurora, Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Hello, Ed. Hello. Thanks for taking Yeah, this is Greg. Hey, Greg. You're on the air. Great. Thank you. Hey, I was just uh, um, talking to a brother last night and Sort of something kind of confusing came up, and I, I'm almost certain I know the answer. But he was pretty adamant that in I believe it's First Corinthians seven. Okay, are you there? I am. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, it, I think it was. Oh, I can't remember the exact uh, number after that. But he was thinking that the Bible was saying that if an unmarried, or excuse me, an unsaved person gets married to a saved person, that they are saved, and then if they divorce, that unsaved person is then unsaved. And I was thinking, wait a minute, that does not add up. It sort of reads like, well, if they get married, they're sanctified and they're holy, and it doesn't say saved. Oh. There might be another line open. Hold on. We're having some technical problems. You might want to release line one. I think you might have line one. Is that is that Greg, maybe? I think we lost Greg, too. All right. Greg, call back. Or if you're listening, um, the answer is you're right. First Corinthians chapter 7 does not teach that salvation comes to a person through marriage or that salvation comes through a person separate from them as if you could be saved on the behalf of someone else. Uh, and this is the text that you're referring to. It's in 1 Corinthians 7. A woman who has a husband that does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, 
let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, for the un- and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. And what we have there, the word sanctified, is the word hagias in the Greek, and it has very different meanings. Uh, it means to make holy or to sanctify or to cleanse or to render pure. It's used literally in some places, but also metaphorically. Um, and we always look to the context, right, of the passage of whether how a word is being used. And in this case, sanctified means set aside or enjoying the benefits of a believing wife, not the benefits of being saved themselves, but enjoying the benefits of a believing wife and everything that means, a praying wife, a blessed wife, a wife abiding in Christ. That husband now, that word sanctified, could also be rendered in the English set apart for special use, where something is set apart for special use, uh, a husband now is set apart for special blessing because of his saved wife that honors God. He gets to bless it. And of course, if they get divorced, he loses that blessing. He no longer gets it. And there is a cleansing of the children where the children now hear the gospel. They're able to be influenced by the gospel, not by the dad, but by the mom, like Timothy. Remember, Timothy was blessed by a saved grandmother and a saved mother. So you're right, Greg, your friend is wrong. This is not a salvation passage. This is a passage where, although words are used similarly in the English, as we would you refer to salvation in other passages, this is not it. This is talking about benefits of the believer being married to an unbeliever, and also is in no way an approval of being unequally yoked while you're unmarried. Because there are folks that, like Marie and I, we got married as unbelievers, and I was born again first for all of a week, <laughs> but I was born again first, so for a week we were unequally yoked uh, in that sense, but I was not to leave my wife uh, because she is my wife. And just because she's unsaved, I'm to stay with my wife, praying for her, loving her, serving her, and fortunately my wife was also born again individually of her own free will um, between her and the Lord. And so that passage is not referring to salvation, but rather the benefits of being married to a believer. 303-690-3000. Let's get back to Yvette in Baltimore. Yvette, are you with us? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Good. Um... Well, I guess I've got a question. How can a person who is trying to walk in the Spirit, once they find out someone was wicked, they could still care for them? Okay, Yvette, let's just pause right here. If you have the radio on in the background, can you turn it down? Yes. That'll help a lot with us hearing you clearly, and then I'll answer your question. Yes. Um, how can someone that's trying to walk in the Spirit and do good to another, 
and when they find out that the person is wicked, they could still care for them. It's going to require something outside of yourself, isn't it? Because that command to love is the agape love of God, and the agape love of God comes from God. It's not anything that we can develop or create on our own because we see the evil and perhaps even feel the evil. And how can we love them? Well, it's very similar to the way that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him and would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ came into a world that hated him, came into a world that was living in sin, still is. Uh, And God's love was demonstrated that Jesus died on the cross. And it translates into your life and mine that we love people. It depends on how close they are, too. If their evil uh, is directly toward you and, you know, that is designed to destroy you or something, you don't have to let them do that. Uh, You can guard yourself. You can protect yourself, if you will. But that doesn't mean that you have permission now to have a hateful heart toward them. Um, One way that you can um, uh, love evil people is to pray for them. One way that you can love evil people, if they're close to you, is um, to uh, reach out to them and see if there's reconciliation available. Or, um, But it really depends on who they are, where they are in your life. But one thing we can all do in loving, um, in loving those that uh, are evil is to pray for them. I, I was thinking of Jesus when he was giving us correction on how uh, to to love our enemies uh, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. He says, I say to you, love your enemies. <clears throat> he says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, um, do good to those who hate you, and pray for the for those who per, who use you and and persecute you spitefully use you and this is the the verb form of agape it's the agape agapeo and this is a divine love that would enable you to be a blessing you know blessing doesn't always mean in the positive like uh, doing like being a blessing in the positive sometimes being a blessing uh, to our enemies is not doing something that we could do. Uh, for example, you know, we could tell the whole world how evil they are, and we could tell the whole world what they've been doing. And but in blessing them, we're not going to do that. It's a blessing to them. They may not even realize it, but you not making it public or you not telling other gossiping about it. I mean, obviously you you won't be sinning. Uh, you you won't be sinning uh, against them, uh, but that'll also be a blessing toward them. It will be helpful to them. Um, You can obviously pray for them. Um, Jesus said that to be specific. And perhaps the Holy Spirit would inspire you to do something good toward them. Uh, And maybe an action, maybe a note, maybe saying something kind about them to someone else uh, a different day. But this is the way uh, that God gives us um, direction, Jesus himself. Uh, And so, God, I just pray for Yvette right now. I pray that you would help her in this very difficult situation. Uh, So many of us are in the exact same situation, and we want wisdom on how to live out your truth and how to um, bring about a peace in our own hearts 
but also how to love others in your name. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're coming to the end of the program today. Be in church this weekend. I want to invite you to join us this weekend here at Calvary, either in person or online. I'm going to be teaching a Bible study about what do I do when I'm overwhelmed. And I believe it's a word from the Lord to the church today. It's definitely a word from the Lord to our church. What do I do when I'm overwhelmed? I want to help you with practical insight from God's word on what to do, overwhelmed by a variety of different reasons. Come to church, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. And I don't know how much time I have left, but we're probably coming up on the very end. 35 seconds, we're coming up on the very end. Grateful to be with you this week. Pray for us as a church, would you, when you remember us? Our church is hurting, it's grieving. So many people are missing our beloved brother, and we just are so encouraged uh, that, and we are very encouraged that you're praying for us and you love us because we love you and we are committed to serve you through the ministry here at Calvary and through Grace FM and these other radio stations. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Many of you will see you this week. If you haven't been in church in a while, come back to church. That's the word of the Lord to someone. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.